I'm Christopher Schmidt, and this is Renters Matter. Thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, as always, Renters Matter is here to talk about all things politics in Cambridge from the perspective of me, a renter. I mean, also maybe other renters, because I feel like renters care about different things than everybody else, uh, but but mostly me, because, you know, it's all about me. Uh, uh, yeah, so news in Cambridge politics this week from my perspective. So in addition to my role as someone who says we should build more homes for everybody everywhere, or at least places where there's more people who want homes, um, we also, I also, I'm a large supporter of the municipal broadband effort in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that is the effort to push Cambridge, Massachusetts towards investing or at least studying the idea of municipal broadband. That effort performed with Upgrade Cambridge is a local advocacy group that has been pushing forward for this for almost two years now. I think we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of Upgrade Cambridge. Um, suffered a minor setback this week uh, with the announcement of city manager Louis Di Pasquale that he would like to continue in his role as city manager for the city, announced to the city council via the ordinance committee and not the other government ops committee chair. Um, so Louis has decided that he wants to continue to be here and continue that role. Um, I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm not surprised, obviously, or not obviously, I'm not surprised. Uh, the city manager, for those of you who don't understand the method of Cambridge City politics, what I, which I have to admit really still applies to me for the most part, um, Cambridge City politics, to me, the closest representation you'll see of it is very similar to a, uh, a board and a CEO. The board is the city council. The city council can set priorities, they can set objectives, they have approval power over the decisions of the city manager uh, when it comes to spending and other things like that. And the city manager basically acts as the CEO of the city. He makes requests for funding, he runs the, the city administration. The city, <coughs> excuse me, the city government in Cambridge, Massachusetts employs, I think, approximately 3,000 people. Uh, so Cambridge, as, as a, a city takes in $600 million in revenue every year, employs a staff of 3,000 people, uh, and is maintained by its board, uh, the city council, and its CEO, the city manager. Um, and Louis has been here for, I think, four years now. Um, there'll be five at the end of his, of his term, effectively. So his term expires on January 7th. By the end of September, the city has to have decided whether they are keeping him or not. And at the moment, he said, I would like to continue in this role. I'm going to be talking to all of these bond agencies soon because of budget season, and I really want to have this on the books. Uh, my opinion is that while the city manager has probably done a fine job in many things, and many of the things that I care about in Cambridge, I feel that the city manager has been too conservative. I think that he has tended towards uh, pushing for greater investment in commercial land use and opportunities at the cost of housing. I feel that he has been aggressively uh, and painfully in some cases reported to me described as being, uh, you know, in favor of the very limited taxes charged to residential residents, residential residents, residents of Cambridge. He has been aggressively against municipal broadband. Um, has, has simply been vehement that he won't even spend money to study municipal broadband because he knows ahead of time that he's not going to invest in it, so there really is no purpose. I don't really understand that because 
if you really care about keeping residential taxes low in the long term rather than just in the short term, uh, I actually think that municipal broadband is a great thing for you to do. It turns out that municipal broadband is a great way to actually have revenue coming in that either covers or can even exceed the cost of running such a service. Uh, it is absolutely, in the case of Cambridge, something that could fill an unmet niche, which is currently costing small businesses lots and lots of money to buy you know, service from, from Comcast that could be offered at much lower rates uh, if it were to be offered as a municipal service while still providing a healthy revenue stream for the city. And, and it is frankly unbelievable to me <laughs> that um, Cambridge, a city with as much demand and a single monopoly provider uh, who pretty much nobody likes, would not be able to print money this way. But be that as it may, uh, I also find that the city manager has focused on avoiding the responsibility for direct investment in affordable housing, uh, that various services uh, such as tenant protections have resulted in relatively minor commitments and, and, and requests from the city manager, and that overall in a city which has been fighting an affordability crisis since before the 2008 crash that really never really recovered, um, uh, never, never really had a downturn where housing suddenly got affordable for anyone else or anything like that. Um, that that the city manager came in and basically took very little action in that regard. Um, says to me that you know, regardless of what the council has done, which I've I've not always agreed with, uh, the city manager as as the CEO of Cambridge, I think had a role to push for more resources that have been allocated in that space, and and hasn't done it. And when I take those priorities, those two, two priorities that I think demonstrate his interest in, you know, providing for lower income families in our city. So one being affordable housing or, or investment in tenant protections and one being an investment in Internet. Uh, where 50% of low-income families in Cambridge don't have internet, according to census data, where we have a situation where we have a serious equity, digital equity problem in the city, <coughs> and rejecting tools that could be used to solve that on the basis of, you know, I just don't know how much money we're going to be able to make on this. I, I think that that tells me something, and the focus on continuing to lower residential property rates uh, on on residents rather than to if if the desire is there to seek better targeting of supporting seniors and others who have trouble with tax increases it, it is just not in line with the values that i think our city manager in cambridge should have uh i also have not always been impressed with his work around reporting on things like community benefits where i think that at times um there has been explicit inflation of the expected community benefits from a uh, uh, development deal in a way that actually makes it harder to get housing over parking spaces. Um, you know, it's it's really kind of silly to me that the, the city manager valued, you know, um, taking away people's parking over providing new homes for people as he did his his reports and the administration's reports did during the Sullivan Courthouse debate. Uh, I think that in general, the approach of using 
developer money to fund the specific projects that developers are willing to fund is an unhealthy approach for Cambridge and one that is encouraged by the current administration, community development department, and I mean, the city manager is where the buck stops on that. So I'm, I'm disappointed, but not surprised to find the city manager would like to continue in his role. Uh, I would encourage anyone involved in that process to, to push hard on the city manager to understand how those positions are going to change. Um, and, and my position would be if the city manager is unwilling to fund even a feasibility study into municipal broadband uh, and to commit to that in a way that I feel is binding, then I, I would have to vote against him keeping that position because I think it speaks to an unwillingness to fund the long term and, it's, and an unhealthy focus on the short term, even beyond my personal position that Cambridge should be investing more in equity, even beyond my position that renters face undue burdens relative to homeowners in the city, and that undue burden is something that we could work harder to protect at a relatively small cost to homeowners, even beyond the ways in which I know that there are many in local politics who disagree with me. The reality is that everything that I can find suggests that municipal broadband could be a net financial benefit to the city of Cambridge that solves an equity issue at the same time that it provides better resources for small businesses and allows them to save money and makes Cambridge a more competitive city. Like those things combined and not being willing to spend a small amount of money on a study to figure out if I'm wrong based on all the data that I've put together, based on all the research I've done, based on looking at hundreds of other cities that have done this and done this repeatedly and over and over and over again. To me, that, that suggests an unwillingness to look past the short term and that unwillingness to look past the short term in a city like Cambridge should be a, a, a factor which should be, you know, disqualifying. Right now, the Alexandria Grand Junction petition is once again being heard at the Ordinance Committee. This is a petition to basically grant significant additional height to buildings along Binney Street, I believe, uh, which are currently owned by Alexandria. In exchange, they are promising to develop out or provide some property for the Alexandria Grand Junction bike path, which will go and connect to the Grand Junction railway path and create this right-of-way through Cambridge uh, for bikers. I think the Grand Junction path is good. I have come to the conclusion that it will be difficult for me to support any commercial project going forward without there being a housing component because while I understand and believe that Cambridge is the powerhouse that it is and is able to provide what it does because it has built itself up as a commercial base, that it is difficult for me to say that commercial property developers are paying their fair share towards the community's needs of housing, and that without that investment, what we are going to see is the continued pricing out of low-income families. We are going to see the continued pricing out and displacement of those who are in working-class families. We are going to really, at this point, see the continued displacement and pricing out of even those who are making above the median wage because it is impossible for a family of four making the median wage to not be rent burdened in Cambridge today. You would have to be paying $2,900 a month in rent, inclusive of, inclusive of utilities. And I do not believe, given that utilities are somewhere between 50 and 100 bucks to 150 bucks a month for a three-bedroom apartment, I do not believe that you can find three-bedroom apartments in any significant number 
for $2,750 in Cambridge, where the median price for such an apartment right now is $3,500 to $3,600. Like, th there's just not apartments like that. And if that's the case, and we're just going to continue to make this problem harder and harder because demand will continue to go up and up, and we'll continue to attract high-income earners who will come in and have the ability to pay higher rates for those apartments, I really think that we need to be doing better. Now, Next week, next Wednesday, will be the City uh, Ordinance Committee hearing on uh, increasing the linkage fee for commercial development to $19.10, which is currently at like $17 or something along those lines. This is based on a report uh, that says that in order for businesses to pay their fair share into the city, you have to charge them $33 per square foot. That is that is the amount of impact that they will have on affordable housing. Reputable consulting firm, blah, 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 um, did this. Uh, so, you know, they said $33 is what you should charge, uh, and in order to get to $33, we expect you to, we suggest that you increase it by $1 or $2 this year. And then, you know, $1 each for the next 14 years. The idea that we should wait... <coughs> this is so ridiculous. Like, we, the, the linkage fee is a fee that developers pay, like I said, in order to kind of pay their way towards the impact on affordable housing they have. So the idea is you pay these fees in, they go to the Affordable Housing Trust, the Affordable Housing Trust creates no, no new low-income housing. Of course, that's missing some of the point because at this point we need middle and high-income housing to be created as well, but but that's besides the point. Like, they, they come in and they, and, and they do this. So if you're going to build a building that's going to house 2,000 workers, that some of those workers are going to be low-income and they're going to need housing that they're not going to be able to afford in Cambridge because nothing costs less than $1,500 a month, really, at all, and so you're going to have to build this housing, so you should pay some some that way. Um, initially introduced in the 1980s, it was left at $4 per square foot until 2015. Uh, there's this new report that says that it should be, and, and at that time, they said it should be 25, and so right now we recommend you make it 12. Now they're basically doing the same thing. They're saying, you know, it should be 33, but we recommend you make it 8 to 19. I, I just, you know, the idea that they're scared of is the idea that commercial developers will be scared away by a small increase in, in this dollar per square foot number. The thing is that those, those, the, like, like $20 per square foot is not going to scare away a business that is building a new building and spending $700 per square foot on lab space in Cambridge. Especially when they're going to rent it at $1,000 or lease it or sell it or whatever else like that at $1,000 per square foot, which is what these long-term leases are going for. Something along these lines. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a little bit fast and loose with numbers here, but, but the reality is that large-scale commercial development is not suffering because they're being charged 17 or 16 or 17 dollars per square foot or 19 dollars per square foot now what is suffering is more moderate scale buildings what is suffering is 30,000 square foot re redevelopments of existing parcels that that type of thing is actually hard because when you're rebuilding something you're going to have to pay a bunch of remediation and other stuff like that uh if you're dealing with existing zoning rather than being able to up zoning then you're going to be dealing with you know costs of high land costs in order to get there what you are going to see is that these smaller places have smaller profit margins that they can pay this out of like there are real risks there but when amazon or when akamai built their new 400,000 square foot building had you said to them like by the way you're going to have to 
to spend an extra $4 million on this building, they'd have still built that building. They would have. They were going to consolidate their 12 different properties around the Cambridge and Boston area. Like, they don't have a problem with paying an extra $4 million bucks on that. They're going to pay the people in that building 400,000 square feet. Figure, you know, like, realistically, they're talking about 4,000 workers there. Okay? So, figure the median... Uh, you know, software engineer at Amazon is making a hundred grand every year, uh, and even without the other costs that go into that, you're talking about them spending, you know, four billion dollars this year. Nope, four hundred million dollars this year on the salaries of the employees that are going to work in that building. Four thousand employees, a hundred thousand dollars a piece. They're going to spend four hundred million dollars. You really think that they're going to back out because their building cost 1% of their annual employee's salary? I don't think so. So, uh, that hearing is next week at the Ordinance Committee. You know, there's a bunch of things that you can do about uh, about that. So, so one element of that is that, of course, the, the like housing is not the only thing that should be caught, that we should be you know, looking to solve problems of from developers that come in, right? You've also got to be looking at, you know, what value can they be adding to, to job training? What should we be investing in infrastructure? What should we be investing in, you know, improved traffic or transit or other things like that? So there's all kinds of costs and fees that, that really should be included in development of a new building that really should be looking at having funds for all of these. But the way the city has historically handled that is not to say like, okay, what's the sum total of the impact on the city from these developments? What is the sum total that we should be expecting if we're going to bring in another 4,000 workers from Akamai, from around the various cities around town, and have them be in Cambridge? Like, what should we be taking care of? What should we be prepared for? Instead... We handle this all as individual transactions around granting permits for specific buildings where everything turns into a fight, everything turns into political horse trading, and it's and it produces negative results. It wastes time, it wastes money, it wastes attention, and it means that the projects that we get funded are the ones that the developers of the properties care about the most. Instead of just setting a cost that developers can look at and say, like, yes, we are willing to be there, or no, we are not. Kendall Square has a reputation where companies want to be there because that's where all the companies are. They want to have the cross-collaboration. They want to have the ability to take people who are working for other companies and have them switch over there. They want to have MIT kids who are able to come over and graduate and come and start the next new idea. They want to have the proximity to Boston. They want to have the proximity to the T. They want to have all of these things, but so they're willing to pay for them. They're willing to pay for them if we if we just say, this is what we need. We need $33 a square foot. If you're going to do this, you're going to pay to be in Cambridge to pay for the costs you're going to induce on this community because there are going to be costs. Yes, there are benefits. Yes, we will get tax revenue. Yes, we will have all of these other things come in. But the reality is that instead of having just a fixed number that we pick, instead of just making the playing field level for everybody, we play a bargain game every damn time and we play a bargaining game around affordable housing built on site we play a bargaining game around how many sewer pipes they're going to fix we play a bargaining game on how many parking spaces they're going to lease we play a bargaining game on all of this which turns into massive arguments where everyone in the city disagrees on this and we should just pick a number we should pick the number that we think maps here because the reality is that that's all we're doing anyway. We're saying we think this is going to produce about this many people. We're saying we think this is going to produce about this much, you know, impact on the city. And, and we should just own up to that and not try and play a game where we have developers do the work for us.
We're a well-off city with $230 million in the bank thanks to all of these commercial companies that have come in, thanks to the, the healthy management of our finances, thanks to you know, all of these things. So we don't have to lay off all our teachers with pink slips at the end of every year and then try and hire them back at the beginning of next year if we have the money. We don't have to worry about the fact that we're going to invest in, you know, new big belly trash compactors. We don't have to worry about all of these things. And that's great. But what we do in like in that situation is instead of expanding our set of publicly run services by funding them from the people who are getting benefit from being here because we've built such a great community for them to be in, we let them tell us what problems they want to fix. Oh, we're going to come in and we're going to build out the canal. Oh, we're going to come in and we're going to put solar on the roof of the garage. Oh, we're going to come in and we're going to build out a retail space across the street from our thing. Well, yeah, no crap you are. Because you're, you know, people coming in to work in this new Sullivan Courthouse building are going to want to have someplace to buy a snack. And so you're going to put in a, you know, food market slash grocery across the street for them. Yeah, of course you want to do that. But why should you get $4 million in credit from the city for that? That's ridiculous. This is a benefit to you as much as it is to us. While we have streets that are rougher than dirt roads, while we have sewer pipes that are 150 years old breaking in people's basements, while we have like transit systems that are blocked because we won't spend the money to repaint a road twice. I don't like the city's underinvestment in critical basic infrastructure is laughable. And instead, and, and, and if money is not the problem, fine, then maybe this is ridiculous. Maybe we don't need developers to do this and we should just up commercial and residential property taxes, take in a few more tens of millions of dollars and go ahead and do this. But if we're unwilling to raise residential property taxes, see my earlier comments about the city manager being flaming mad when you even suggest such a thing, then we have a responsibility to provide those services in some other way. And charging developers who want to build here, who clearly are taking, like, excited about the opportunity to be in Cambridge, who are excited about the opportunity to be so close to MIT, who are excited to bring their workers in close, co you know, coalitions with all these other tech companies, Microsoft, Twitter, Akamai, Google, Facebook, all of them are within three blocks of each other because it's the place to be. And they know that they all want to be there. So if they all want to be there, fine, fine. Then let's like talk about what we should get out of them for them being here because there's impacts from all of that. Me and my coworkers, we're, we're driving the demand to be here. And the shitty tea doesn't help all the time, but like, you know, like the, 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 oh, oh it's exhausting. So $19.10. For the linkage fee, ridiculous. It should be 33. Like, and if that scares away developers or you're worried about it scaring away developers, fine. Do a progressive, a progressive rating, right? Like if you're worried about it scaring away small developments, fine. Then do this as a progressive, a progressive thing. So everything up to 30,000 is free. Uh, everything from 30 to 50 is, you know, $1 square foot. Just scale it up. Do, do, uh, uh, you know, 
a tax scheme and ha or a, and have brackets. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Or or do a higher number for Kendall Square because we know Kendall Square is so desirable. In fact, the report even says so. Like I understand the idea that you don't want to scare away moderate-sized commercial development in places where you need it. You don't want to have all the businesses concentrated in one place. Fine. Then you know what? Use the power of your incentives here to change that. Create a system where Kendall Square has a higher rate than other places so that you can fund this. Use pick numbers that are going to fund not just you know housing but the other things that you need and 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 set these prices for coming in here and exceeding zoning limits or whatever you want to do just like come back to the sensible table where you just set the rules and it's not a bunch of negotiation every time for a special permit and it's not a bunch of like will they or won't they approve it and we just set up rules and like, look, I get deciding all these other things, traffic and parking and all this other stuff. Like, that's fine. Let the planning board be involved in that. I, I totally understand. But don't try and make this about negotiating that MIT is going to, you know, fix the sewer pipe under the river in exchange for building a new dorm that's a mile away. Like, don't make the trade-off be about we're going to buy this part of the bike path for you and then give it to you. Just buy this shit from them. Like, like you're a, the city should be providing public services, so provide them. Build more homes for everyone everywhere. Charge developers who want to be here for being here. And charge them a flat rate based on what the impact is expected to be. And if you expect more impact from a bigger building or a lab building or whatever other type of building, then go ahead and do that. Do everything you can. I don't care. But, like, mitigate the impacts of what you're doing. And if you're not willing to mitigate the impacts of what you're doing, then stop lying to yourself. Stop saying, like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this great thing. We're going to charge them $19 per square foot, which they're just going to pass right directly onto their tenants, which is fine because that's how building works. Any cost you do will be passed right onto tenants. But those tenants can afford a lot more. Akamai and my employer and Facebook and, and Microsoft, they can afford to pay more than $14 a square foot for their building. Keep in mind, every employee they put in those buildings is going to make is 1% of their salary. 1% of their salary for this year is what it would cost to add another $10 per square foot to that. That's that's the trade-off you're making. You're saying like, I'm not willing to charge these businesses 1% more of the salary of the, those workers that are going to be in there who are making $100,000 to $200,000 a year. And, and if that's the, the tack you're going to take, then I think you are doing a disservice to the underprivileged, to the lower income families in this community. I think that you are doing a disservice by failing to provide the public services that you need. And I think you are doing a disservice by treating every single one of these things as a political horse trading race that has the city tearing itself apart over a couple measly million dollars of revenue on a particular project because you're not willing to step up and say, we should just do better. So that's next Wednesday at the Ordinance Committee. Uh, that's it for me for tonight. Uh, again, no more city manager Di Pasquale and more money for the linkage fee. It's been great to have you. This is Renters Matter. I'm Chris Schmidt, and I'll be back next week.